Paradise Rescued is a sustainable, environmentally friendly, award-winning micro-wine business, hand-producing fine organic Bordeaux wine. Our winery was founded with the mission of maintaining the rural heritage of our village in Cardon, Bordeaux, France. Paradise Rescued has a clear international vision and a passion for providing personal customer service. Welcome to the Paradise Rescued podcast. My name is David Stannard. I'm the founder director of Paradise Rescued. And once again, it's my pleasure to share our story, the story of our vineyards and our wine, as well as those of the beautiful wine region of Bordeaux. This is episode number two, and it's entitled Terroir. It's not about the dirt. I love this topic. I um, very much wanted to make this very early on in our podcast series because it, 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 it says so much about what Paradise Rescue does, uh, where we've come from, uh, the amount of change we put in, and, and, and a whole series of things that have resulted in the quality of wine that we make. And I think I mentioned it previously in one of our, one of our podcasts that good wine is first made in the vineyard. You have to have good, great soil to make great fruit that allows you to make excellent wine. And you can't reverse that, uh, that series of three things, no matter how good your winemaker or your vineyard or anything else is. If, if your soil is not good enough, then your fruit that is born on the vines growing on that soil will, will not be at the standard you require and you won't be able to make great wine from it. As we mentioned last time, Paradise Rescued now has um, been in operation since 2010. Or at least that's when we, we got started, when the vines, effectively the land, was bought and uh, we were able to get started to work on them. But prior to that, there was a fair amount of, of research. This is the sort of fun research that we all like to do, where um, you, you get out a series of books, uh, you have a look at it, and you, you work out some really good value-for-money wine-producing properties in the region, and you go and look at it. And we haven't got the time on this uh, podcast episode to talk about the enormous diversity of price and, um, and all the reasons that go into that. But yeah, it's, it's very possible in Bordeaux to go and find yourself a bottle of wine for a thousand euros. It's also very possible, in fact, more probable to go and find yourself a bottle for a couple of euros. So it was a question of when doing the research of finding out you know, what, what made someone um, able to produce a, a really good wine, but at an affordable price. And we set about doing some research, which was really fun, because you go and visit and talk with some really wonderful people, very down to earth, very humble, and great wine producers, and, uh, and obviously great vineyards with it. And, and to listen to their stories, and to hear their history, and effectively understand where they've come from and what's gone into making their particular winery something clearly very special. And you don't need to be, a, you know, a wonderful sommelier or a brilliant master of wine to, 
to, to see these properties and taste it and to work it out. You can, you can tell very quickly that they're successful, they're continuing programs of investment, and the quality of their wines usually speak for themselves. And, and one of the interesting things is that in that story is that I, I would have and I'm visited, let's just say, call it 15, 20 of, of these wonderful people. And um, I've always asked the question is, you know, what has made the difference? Why, when I come here, do I, I taste a wine like that? But if I go a kilometre down the road, yeah, you know, without being unfair to your colleague down there, it's just not the same. It's not at the same level. And the response that I've so typically got back and uh, which I find is, is beautiful and is, is, is very, very special to France, would be something like this. Ah, monsieur, c'est le terroir. Dear sir, it's all about the terroir. And this gets us straight to the, the subject of discussing terroir, because terroir is a uniquely untranslatable French word. And it comprises three at least in the technical definition, and that's where we're going to go in this little podcast discussion. In the technical definition, it relates to three things. Geology, geography, and climate. Geology, geography, and climate. Otherwise known as soil, the location it sits in, and most likely the microclimate, the local climate around that piece of land. Now, what that in effect says is that every square meter of soil in France and everywhere else is unique. And it's a bit like um, human beings and people. Every one of them is, is unique too. And it is very true that every one of those square meters does therefore become unique. When that gets to work in a wine region like Bordeaux, there are certain... Uh, wine regions that over a period of more than 150 years have um, very effectively um, looked after their particular area or small sub-region um, and defined it through what's known as an appellation. So it's a defined region within that wine can be produced and that's the name of that region that goes by law provided it meets all the terms and criteria for that uh, appellation, goes on the bottle as well. And very typically, at the peak of those um, appellations are some of the best wines, not only in Bordeaux, not only in France, but across the world. So some of the uh, well-known chateaux in Saint-Emilion, or um, go up the, uh, the Médoc, there are a number of other small um, regions there that effectively define some of the best wine standards in the world. Also, those properties tend to have very high price tags associated with them. So when we talked earlier about uh, wine there with, with big labels and stickers on them with uh, big prices, um, a lot of those come from those small sub-regions or, or, or famous Appalachian. And one has to be very careful not to think that that's the whole of the Bordeaux story. There's a lot, lot more to Bordeaux that we'll go into at another time. 
But those, those small sub-regions and appellations do set a specific standard. And one of the things that intrigued and fascinated me so much about the terroir concept was, was the fact that why should the best wine sort of be just concentrated in those very small specific sub-regions. And if I was to believe that, that terroir notion completely, it would, serve, it would suggest, it would have suggested to us that our own little location in Cardon Bordeaux was never going to be good enough or possible enough to make great wine. And when I also looked at other wine regions in the world, some of them equally renowned as, as Bordeaux, it also occurred to us that their soil and lands were very different from that of Bordeaux. I think of a region perhaps like the Côte d'Aronne where, you know, there's steep slopes. I mean, you can't put a machine up these things. Um, you know, the quality of the soil, when you look at it, there's, there's a huge amount of, of rocks and uh, stone in that. And you look at that and go, it's different, but the quality of the soil is, is very different and quite often very poor. So what is it that, that then specifically allows a particular location to make uh, you know, great wine? And that was the question that kept bugging us. And interestingly enough, as we got to work and started to work on our, on our vines and our, on our soil and so on, um, the, the answer started to come to us and we began discussing that. And after we had produced the, the first vintage and we'd done lots of work in our, in our vineyard, uh, we, we started the conversion immediately to, to organic viticulture, etc. Um, what we observed was that the quality of our wine was actually pretty damn good. Now, it wasn't a Saint-Emilion. And it may never be a Saint-Emilion. But it was starting to look very good. And what we started to realize and to learn when we got down to asking a few more questions is that terroir actually has a fourth dimension. It's an unspoken dimension because it goes against all the conventional theory. And what it says is that if you can put in sufficient human effort over a sustained period of time onto a piece of land that arguably has pretty good soil, not the best, but reasonably good soil, and you work hard at that land and create significant, let's call it microbiological um, activity and get healthy soil, you can create something very special. And I understand fully that you wouldn't necessarily want to release that out there because you actually want to defend the notion that your piece of terroir is different from somebody else's. So therefore the land will define it rather than your viticultural and winemaking skills. And what we've learned from that, as the more we listen to it, um, we found other people had similar stories. And I remember listening to a guy by the name of Paul Pontalier. He was the late Paul Pontalier, he was the former let's say, I think Director General is probably the right word, of Chateau Margaux, one of the great wine-producing chateau in Bordeaux and the world. And he talked about that fourth dimension. And I thought for him that was something very brave because he was stepping out from the standard story that 
everything with a top flight Bordeaux chateau is all about just where you are in your location. And what he had learnt and shared, and he had gone on a journey of doing amazing things at Chateau Margaux during his time and career. But he talked about that fourth dimension and the dimension that soil health is absolutely important factor in developing a healthy vineyard and developing great vines and producing superb wine. So when, for instance, you do look at a, at a magnificent sub-region such as Saint-Emilion, perched on this sun-drenched hill with a significant proportion of it facing in a southerly direction in the northern hemisphere, good drainage, good locations, it, it became clear also when you looked at the history, which goes back to Roman times. So there's a, there's a wonderful famous property called Chateau Ozone in, in Saint-Emilion. And its name, Ozone, is taken from a Roman guy who was, I think, one of the, the governors of the region at that time under Roman rule back in the 4th century AD by the name of Decimus Magnus Ozonius. And there's even a, um, a portrait bust of him still in Bordeaux today. And if you look at parts of Saint-Emilion, there is also evidence of, of Roman occupation and viticulture in that region back to that time and in fact the romans probably started earlier bringing vines up from spain not long after they they founded bordeaux back in about i think it was 60 bc so over time what has happened is you've got some magnificent soil there which is being worked at worked on continuously most often by hand and over time that has given it some just magnificent soil and quality of soil and everything that goes with that and that is also a really important factor that has gone into making wonderful vines and beautiful wines as a result and it is that fourth dimension so when and i write the, uh, the the book that has the title my book that has the title it's not about the dirt it's really misses one word in there which I obviously deliberately left out to, to make a little bit of a reason for reading the book. But really, it should have been entitled, It's Not Just About the Dirt. There is a fourth dimension, a human dimension that you add to, to a vineyard that gives it great soil that enables you to produce wonderful wine. And that is the story that we found in Paradise Rescued over a long period of time. And I posted as a, as a wonderful little YouTube video we have of the first day with our uh, old block Merlot uh, vines when we used a thing called a Cavayaner's uh, plough, which is a special plough that enables you to weave in and out and underneath your vines without actually damaging the vines as you plough them. But it enables you to, to start turning the soil over in between the vines, and which is just wonderful for, for organic uh, producers. And it was the first time that we started to actually really seriously work on the soil. And now I look back at the quality of the wines that we make. No, they're not quite Saint-Emilion, but they're pushing to some of the lower levels of Saint-Emilion, maybe even a little better, I might add. And that, having done great work in the vineyard, on the soil, looked after the vines organically, and then followed through to make great wine afterwards. So the soil is, the, is important. And the dirt is important, but it's not just about the dirt. So in summary, Tiawa has a fourth dimension. Location obviously plays a, a big part. Uh, the right soil, the right slope, the microclimate and so on. But also health, the management of the soil, 
the love, the human activity in that vineyard, the total human component and element is also a major factor that goes into making a, uh, a world-class quality vineyard that has healthy soil, healthy vines and brilliant wines. And that's what we've seen in the Paradise Rescued experience, that love and the patient, the organic approach, um, the time spent on, on, on continually looking and working and improving the soil has given us a, uh, an almost unique result, enabled us to accomplish something which, if you'd have looked at it and you'd looked at that initial um, plot of land, our Cabernet Franc that we'd done, you would have said was impossible. But it has defied, almost defied gravity. It's defied the laws, certainly defied the laws of traditional terroir. It's not just about the dirt. So just to finish this podcast with a quick update from Paradise Rescued in the Vineyards. Um, the spring has been incredibly wet. Uh, a lot of sustained rain then with, with periods of some sunshine but high humidity, which has required uh, um, obviously a mildew uh, control, but also some massive downpours, real, real heavy thunderstorms, um, which fortunately has not damaged our vines. But a lot of that rain has occurred over periods of time, like recently through flowering. And when that happens, that means that the uh, the flowers do not set properly. And what would have looked like a, a massive harvest is going to require some fairly close managing now. Um, when you get that wet, the flowers don't uh, don't set, and uh, you get what's called couleur, and you end up with with bunches that will have a limited number of grapes on. So there's going to be a fair few challenges as we progress from here towards uh, harvest time and how to manage that. Um, as in normal with nature, those things quite often do get taken care of, providing you provide the right love and encouragement, and we'll be doing every bit of that through through Pascal and her efforts in the vineyard. Once again, it has been a pleasure to bring you this podcast. My name is David Stannard, and I thank you very, very much for listening and look forward to having your company again at the next one and very soon. Thank you.